Ladies and gentlemen, Neeks and Gerds. People who get it, get it. Your language is spoken here. God bless the geek. They're listening. You're consuming. You're watching over your ears. Oh, just listen. This is the Geek Speak Show. Please make a note of it. Your source for what's happening in geek culture. The Geek Speak Show is powered by Henry San Miguel, Rachel Rosselli, Joel Jopitana, and proudly by GeekTyrant.com, Collider.com, Ramascreen.com, Mightyville.com, and ZergNet.net. This is the Geek Speak Show. It is? Oh, sorry, wrong show. Oh, no, there's oh, what? Joel. There's oh, Rachel. Whatever. There is everybody. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome to another, we hope, exciting episode of the Geek Speak show. Let's talk, not Star Wars rumors. There's a few out there. We were talking about it just before I hit the uh, start button there. I, I put that ban last week. We're not going to talk about That's Star no Wars. No more Star rumors. Wars. We rumors. will, however, on this show talk Star Wars, but Fact, the, the mighty Chewbacca. There's something oh, going on. Ooh, something pretty Chew- kind of special, actually. Kind of cool that, that you guys Mr. can get involved Mayhew with. Himself. Yeah, we'll talk about that in just a few minutes. We'll have uh, we'll talk video games and tech stuff with Mark Doris. Mark Arnold is going to talk to, I don't know who, somebody. The stories behind the stories. Uh-huh. And Jessica will talk comics and give you something special that we're all doing. Well, except for Rachel, because she's all the way in sunny Los Angeles. Finally, uh, though, it is almost October. It's nice and cloudy. Even Joel's got a big sweater. I do. It's nice and cloudy I over do. here. My kind of weather. Almost fall. But uh, fall also means, like I said, TV shows are coming back. One is ending. You, Rachel, you lost hope. No new hope. No nothing hope. <laughs> Joel just said, what? what? What's the I dome? don't have cable. Under the Dome finale is next week. I I, 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 I didn't give up on it because I started watching it. I even read the book. I figured, eh, what the hell? I'm watching the thing. I might as well go ahead and finish the season. You got domed up, Henry. Very intense. Not just a haircut. Very intense episode of this past week. Second to last. Um, I, I kept telling you, Rachel, is all about character development and anything. This one right. was all about character erasing. Everybody who could get killed got killed. There you go. Big oh Jim, <laughs> big Jim Rennie. Yeah, yeah, big Jim Rennie. We know now he's the villain because uh, Dodie, the one that was in the, uh, I think she was in the pilot. I think you saw her, the one that was in the radio station, the, oh, the yeah. engineer. She kind of discovered how bad big Jim Rennie is. So he said, well, here, here's the gun. This is the trigger. No more Dodie. Um, no more Dodie. Julia was shot. She came out of her coma. Barbie was captured and is, is being and Big Jim Rennie is blaming him for all the deaths. It ends with him saying because they made a deal. Big Jim Rennie says if um, if you say you did all this, I'll let uh, I'll let your little girlfriend Julia. I won't kill her. So when he brings him in front of the in front of the town and says you did all this, right, Barbie? Nope, not guilty. And it ends like that. So next week we've been we, I have a little tease. It's going to be all out war. We don't know what's going to happen. You can't run anywhere because hello, you're under the dome. So the finale is coming next week. After that, the new shows come back and some some return, but the new shows come back. Marvel's yeah. Agents of Shield is the one that everybody's been talking about. We're oh all my waiting God, for I'm that. So excited about yes, that. I did talk to my people at, over <laughs> at Marvel, and Jeff Love may come on. Not he's not going to give us spoilers because you know he doesn't do spoilers, but he may come on and we can talk and we can ask him about the Agents of Shield. Uh, what other shows are coming back? Oh, I found actually we last time we talked about this. We I was looking for the Once Upon a Time spinoff, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. In Wonderland, that was mm-hmm. actually on Thursdays. And 
all you losties, I'm one of them. Mary, y'all remember Saeed? He's actually going to play Saeed, Jafar Saeed. in this what? one. What? Oh, yes. I like him. That's awesome. Yeah, there's a picture. Uh, where did I see it? I think on ABC.com. There's on there. He, like, he, like, he looks pretty cool, actually, the uh, the costume that he's wearing. Jafar, like Aladdin Jafar, right? Yeah. So, so. Of course, Aladdin Jafar. What other one is there? I don't know. <laughs> I have a couple friends named Jafar. Well, he meant the Jafar from Florida who does insurance adjustment. That Jafar. <laughs> um, so that's what's coming up Jeff. on the show. We're gonna we got a we got a few uh, few guests, so we're gonna keep cut it short. And that's uh, you got your book. Uh, yeah, I believe I do. It yeah. is summer. <laughs> it is. Uh, um, it is back to you're school. gonna have to give me just a minute because yeah, I'll be I'll be right back. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Write down the date. You actually don't oh, have a book. Shut up. September 11th, I, I have one. I just, no book you just have to for give me a See, I knew there was something strange this morning because right before we started the show, uh, you know, everybody walked in. Hey, Henry, how's it going? I said, you know, Joel looks bright and shiny and clean like he took a shower finally. Oh, that's what that thing in the bathroom <laughs> no, is for. I didn't. <laughs> Rachel, no. I'm not going to say you look, well, you don't look very Rachel-like. I'll put it that way. Oh, oh what? But I see why not. This guy. You guys... Talk about trading places. You guys traded. You're Joel today. You're Rachel today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do not sound like that. Joel, you look so good. No, you don't sound like that. You need to sound like Rachel. Go ahead. You should see how he how he how he impersonates you when you're not here. Yeah. If you guys could see my face right now, it is not very amused. Rachel looks like uh The Geek Speak show will be right back. Toys for you and your eye machine. Bits and Pixels with Mark Doris. All right, everyone. Now, don't hate me. I'm just the messenger here. Got to start off with a little bit of bad news. Kingdom Hearts 3 has been reportedly put on hold. Yes, the long-awaited end to the Disney and Square Enix collaboration has been put on pause due to the release of Final Fantasy XV. The producer of the series, Shinji Hashimoto, shared at E3 that because both games are sharing the same director, Tetsuya Nomura, it would clearly impact the developmental progress on both. Both games are sequels and, of course, are highly anticipated, so it is understandable they would want to make the best possible games without rushing production on either. As to when Kingdom Hearts 3 will actually be released, that has yet to be said. But there is a silver lining, a light at the end of the tunnel here, if you will. What is that, you ask? Well, how's about Kingdom Hearts 1.5 HD? Released on September 10th, uh, a lot of details of this have been floating around for some time, but we can finally see this in action. We will see Kingdom Hearts, the final mix, a version released in Japan with extra content and never before seen anywhere else, and the sequel, Chain of Memories, both on the PlayStation 3. Now, the only letdown here is that while content from Kingdom Hearts 358-2 days uh, will be added, the title that we saw for the Nintendo DS, of course, will be part of this. It will only feature story and cutscenes, but not any real playable content. But either way, the HD remake is looking pretty good. IGN, uh, for example, gave it 8.5 stars, so there's that to look forward to. Grand Theft Auto V is huge! The map, which we are told by Rockstar, is bigger than Red Dead Redemption, Grand Theft Auto 4, and Grand Theft Auto San Andreas combined, when put into perspective, looks more like a small country. Leak images and footage, uh, footage rather, show just how large it really is, and I gotta say, it really looks remarkable. But here at the Geekspeak show, we are not only looking forward to this one, which comes out in just a week, but we can't wait to actually get our hands and play it. Wednesday could not come soon enough. An interesting fact that we stumbled upon while looking up some information on Grand Theft Auto V is that apparently it is the most expensive game ever put into production. If reports are accurate, it took roughly $266 million to make, which is more than every Hollywood movie ever made, except one. 
Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, which took roughly about $300 million to make. Now, if that wasn't impressive enough, according to other reports, sources say that Rockstar has already made its money back and then some from pre-orders alone. I just imagine a cartoon coyote with his eyes rolling to the back of his head and little pupils turning into big fat dollar signs when you hear that kind of money running, throwing around. Apple has announced its iPhone 5C and iPhone 5S. Yes, all the rumors were true. Pretty much everything that we heard is dead on accurate for the release of the tech giant's new mobile products. A lot of new upgrades, of course, with on the latter, at least, with the iPhone 5S, with the camera optics, fingerprint scanner, and then some. But the real topic is the software. iOS 7 hits the public Wednesday, September 17th, which will be available from iPhone 4 and later, iPad 2 and later, 5th gen iPod Touches, and the iPad Mini. Uh, this will be free, of course, to the public uh, and the phones, which will be available to the public to basically try and see if you can get one will be on that following Friday on the 20th. That is it for this week, guys. Tune in next week and hear our first thoughts of iOS 7 as we get our hands on it and any new game news to come. Email me at Doris at the Geek Speak Show. That's Doris with two R's or follow me on Twitter at Nerd Outcast. I'm Mark Doris and I speak geek. Hi, I'm Chris Hardwick. You are watching and or listening to Geek Speak Show. They're listening. You're consuming. You're watching it with your ears. Oh, you just listen. Uh, we are back on yeah. Geek Speak mm, Show. Yeah. So Rachel <laughs> will be here in just a few minutes. She's actually she, she borrowed a page from Joel this time because she actually doesn't have a book for the book club. Write it down on your calendar. First time mm. she doesn't have a book. What's today? Probably a Star Wars book, like always. Anyway, <laughs> so let's while we wait for her to get find a book, let's talk to a couple of young ladies who not only do they read books, they've written books, they know all about books. They they they're the winter twins that went on before Brit and Brianna. Welcome back to the Geek Speak Show, ladies. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for having us. Hey, pleasure, girls, hey. pleasure having you back. Let's talk about those books. The Strand Prophecy is the one that that I started reading last year. Uh, it's been out for a while. Without. Too many spoilers. Tell us a little bit about the the strand of books, the graphic novels, and everything else that goes with it. All right. Well, we'll start with just a little summary of the first book. And uh, the first one, we like to say, is about a scientist superhero with no powers who has to warn the world about rapidly evolving predatory creatures. That's like our few-second summary. It's about a, yeah, it's a scientist superhero uh, with no powers. So we're really inspired by Batman and X-Men, uh, and we just love the idea that uh, someone can do something incredible but with no actual superpowers with all all technology no powers so, i know i know but he, it's pretty awesome technology so kind of gives him powers he creates a technology that allows him to use a hundred percent of his brain i think that is a power it's kind of a power then yeah i guess it is a power but that wouldn't make <laughs> that, that that ruins the speech if he if we acknowledge it's a power we don't have our speech anymore that's it's true. not a power that's true it's well, for us power. especially, we you can't are. have ruined speech because how do we do this show? <laughs> exactly. So it's not a power. No. So do you guys know what a nanofiber is? No. Tell us. What is a nanofiber? It's like a small metal string. So what he does, uh, what he does is he takes the small metal strings, mm-hmm. uh, which is really a com- complicated technology. It's just hard to explain in a fast manner. <laughs> uh, and he uses that to connect his brain pathways, so he's able to access parts of his brain he wasn't initially able to access. And by doing that, having the brain grow around the nanofibers, he's able to use 100% of his brain. And connecting to a skull cap, which is a different technology. It's like a computer directly connected to the brain. <laughs> exactly. Brain you guys are such twins, completing each other's statements and sentences. I, lo- I love it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So that's all. That's all I had to say. It's pretty fun. It's fun. <laughs> so we were talking about serious science fiction. Uh, yes. So he connected the skull cap directly to his brain. So he's able to he's able to um, 
think thousands of thoughts at the same time, and he has increased intelligence. With this uh, hyper-intelligence, he discovers something disturbing. This is where a little fantasy comes in, and we don't explain the origin to the third book, which is coming out next year. That solar radiation is going to cause a rapid evolution or mass mutation. That every living thing is going to evolve. So for, uh, for animals, that means the largest food source. And for humans, that can mean, uh, it could mean the largest food source, it could mean the environment, but also could mean your psychological state. Ooh, tell me more. So if you're a monster on the inside, if you're aggressive, that will show. If you, uh, it could also, if it, I'll, I'll give you another example about the environment. <laughs> Let's just say you like to swim a lot, you may grow gills. Did he just growl? I don't know. Yeah, I'm going aggressive right now because, uh, because of the solar flare that just happened. Right, right, absolutely. <laughs> okay, we'll go with that. So that's that's the premise of the first book. Our our hero has to warn the world about it because it's being covered up. No one knows about it. It's a low level level of radiation, so it's not as obvious yet. It's a lot of fun. It's mm. kind of like a sci-fi action movie in book form. We like to say. And I'll throw in. I've read the first two books, and and you know, without giving too much away. It does have the sci-fi elements, the superhero elements, but it also has a uh, a family element because it's a you know it's a story about a father and a daughter that that's in there also if you're into that. Uh, like I said, I won't give too much of that away because you guys got to pick it up and find out for yourselves. And book three is you're working on it now. You said right? Yes, actually, we're coming out with a new book uh, in the next couple of months, which is called PCT or Perfect Compatibility Test, and that's the next one we're going to come out with, uh, and then it will be Strand three. Because we're going to be finishing up the Trans Strand trilogy. Before we finished it up, we wanted to uh, release a first and a new trilogy. Just kind of get things moving along. Right. Yeah, so a little break before Strand. So, and we're talking to the, the Winter Twins, the Brittany and Brianna. They're America's youngest multiple award-winning authors. They're officially recognized as prodigies by the World Council for Gifted and Talented Children. Not the same as being students at <laughs> Professor Xavier School, but... Probably a little bit cooler than that. Yeah. Um, so so let's talk about let's talk about the Winter Twins, the secret writing method. It's it's taught in schools, uh, not too secret. You know, tell tell us what that's all about. All right. Well, for years, we toured and we spoke about our novels and we tried to motivate others to uh, motivate, especially other teens and uh, and children to have an interest in literacy in. in writing and reading and they always ask us what our writing method was and we'd always say it's a secret until one day we realized wait why are we keeping this a secret we're trying to motivate other people to write and we're not telling them what we've learned this is a bit silly and comic-con asked us to teach our writing method a few years back and we did and it went so well we decided to come out with a book for it so we started it was started at comic-con and we started teaching it in the schools now our writing method is a little bit different. We actually reverse engineer our story from the end. And then we go to the beginning and in the middle. So say at the end, he survives. The beginning would be the opposite. It's just another day. And the middle would be a logical progression. Something dangerous would have to happen. Now you're probably thinking, wow, that's so basic. And some of you that have very complicated universes, I'll, I'll take the example. I'll take Lord of the Rings as an example. I mean, that's pretty epic. Uh, you can't fit Lord of the Rings into, you know, the end, beginning, and middle, that's too simple. Well, totally right, except we start on a basic level and build from there. We also, another positive side with starting with the end is you always know where it's going. So it really helps with overcoming writer's block. Yeah, and for example, if you have a large universe, like my, I always use my laser cat universes. We have, um, I actually had someone talk to me about this. They had a laser cat universe with 
hundreds of different species of laser cats, and each cat had a different ribbon that decided on the power it had. I'm dead serious about this laser cat universe. You know what? It's kind laser of genius. Or, you know, I'm not sure someone told me or I made it up. I, you know what? The likelihood is I made it up, but here we go. <laughs> uh, so my laser cat universe at at the end, so what happens? I have thousands of different species of laser cats. How can I put this in your writing method? Okay, but what happens at the end of your story? Will they win the war? There we go. Ta-da! <laughs> at the beginning, what happens? Uh, they are taken into slavery by another laser cat. Uh, Some things. So everything's fine. They're taken into slavery. They end up winning a war. And rebelling. And rebelling. Ta-da! You have that's how story. you start, and then you build the universe from there. And you build the universe from there. And then we also uh, separate the creative and editing processes. So first draft, it's whatever comes out. So Wild West. So we have more secrets in our book, but that's a little summary. Yeah, if you can get us started teaching, we will teach all day about creative writing. In fact, I don't think we'll ever stop, so it's kind of good we stop now, don't you think? Yeah, I was going to say, that's a good thing. On, on <laughs> no not comment. just the secret the secret writing method, but also just the fact that you're teaching writing, period. Because, you know, this is my opinion, see what you guys think. I blame Twitter and text and all that stuff. Communicate, written communication has gotten, is, is going the way of the dodo you know, with misspellings and shortening things up. At least you guys are, are telling kids, you know, write, learn how to communicate. Because in business, this, that is going to help you, you know, learning how to write, writing memos, things like that. You're not always going to communicate by, you know, LOLs and things like that. You know, the one of my favorite parts about writing is that the more you write, the better you get. Uh, and this is Brittany, by the way, uh, with me. And I have dyslexia. It's part of, you read a little bit more about it, so it explains everything. But with my dyslexia, uh, it makes it very hard to spell, but when I started texting around my middle school years, my um, spelling improved, which is kind of interesting because I had to really think, are they going to be able to understand what I'm saying? It also helped with uh, MMORPGs, you know, online when we had part of a guild and stuff, and you, that was that helped spelling as well. Yeah. So it's a double-edged sword. In some ways, modern technology is, you know, it's not it's not good for obvious reasons, but... There's also a lot of plus sides. Yeah. So I'm not going to, especially as, as a science fiction writer, both of us aren't going to say it's all texting's fault. It's definitely not helping, but mm-hmm. it's... Well, the kids are writing these days. Yeah, and, and the other thing is the most important part, and the great thing about creative writing, which we teach kids, is the more you write um, creatively, the better you'll get at essay writing, or the more you write essays, the better you'll get at creative writing. Because writing, what writing really is, is your thoughts on paper and learning how to organize them in your brain to be able to share that with other people. I, and I also think, yeah, I, I do have a, a, an interesting thought here. I'm Brianna. Go for it, Brianna. Go for it, Brianna. That, go, Brianna. Woo! So philosophical <laughs> thought for the day. Yeah. All right. So. You got me distracted there. I have ADD, so that's mean, Brent. That's mean. What? No, I'm sorry. Do you remember what you were going to say? Yes, I know exactly what I was going to say. Good say. Okay. Bye. No, no, no. That's mean. Philosophical thought of the day, Brianna. Go. Okay, Brent. By the way, Brittany is the evil twin. I want to just. I want that to be clear to everyone. I'm also the cute one. (laughs) She's not the cute. A lot of twin talk. Just look at their headshot. You can tell. (laughs) Okay, Brianna, go for it. Go, go for your philosophical thought. Well, I think, well, I think that on the left. I don't think necessarily the problem with uh, uh, kids and teens uh, not having interest in writing would necessarily be texting or modern technology's fault. I would have to blame culture itself because there's no there's no 
I mean, there's maybe J.K. Rowling, but there's no writers out there. No one. When you see a movie as a child, mm-hmm. and you see a TV show where you're listening to a song, you don't connect in your mind that that song and that movie and that TV show and that video game were written down. Yeah, had it's to be written first. Writing. It's all creative writing. And that's what we try to say when we, when we, when we talk to uh, kids and teens. Like, you know what? How many of you play Halo? Halo? How, do you, how many of you like the Avengers? How many of you like um, Taylor Swift? Whatever. And, you know, they'll all raise their hands. We like that. And then we'll say, that was all written down. And they'll have this look on their face like, I never thought about it. And that, it changes the culture. Creative writing. Kids okay, that's my... <laughs> yeah, you, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, even something like as simple as Angry Birds had to be written down first for actually, you know, you're throwing the birds at the, the pigs. So, yeah, you're, imagine, you're absolutely right. Well, writing is a big part of culture. Imagine the pitch on that, too. Uh, so we're going to have these birds, and they're going to be in a slingshot. <laughs> oh, we're going to put them in different hats. The pigs, different hats. So Sounds weird, imagine, but hey, look at the result. Yeah, I've been in a couple of those conversations myself in my yeah, time. Yeah, so have we. <laughs> So weird, it, but it's pretty fun. As it all starts with these these laser crazy cats. Laser cats. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Britain and Brianna, the Winter Twins. You can go to the website winnertwins.com, go to our link section, <laughs> you can go there. Everything is on there for you. Talk about something else you guys formed called Motivate to Learn, the number two to motivate to learn.org, also on our links page. But talk about talk about that, you guys. Well, uh Brit and I, we you know, we're science fiction authors. We've written four novels. Really? And in order to do that, we had to overcome our dyslexia. So we were very inspired from the beginning to try to help other people have, especially you know, kids and teens have an interest in literacy and writing and reading. And through our nonprofit, we teach our creative writing method in order to you know, help them with you know our, share our writing trip trick, tricks we've learned, help them write themselves, and to inspire them to overcome anything because uh in fourth grade as we said before our learning disabilities start to show up like dyslexia dysgraphia add woo woo add Uh, and we started to feel really bad about ourselves uh and we went to our dad and said dad you know what we're stupid uh especially with bullying in school we're really stupid uh we can't do anything and he said you're not stupid i'm gonna prove it to you you guys are gonna write a novel and we always had a passion for science fiction so this was just a natural progression. Uh, and we ended up nine months with school and homework, uh, with speech-to-text program. And then now we only type. Now we only type, but nine months later we had a book. And so when we got our first check-in, uh, I was actually in fifth grade. I was in fifth grade. We've been doing this for about six years now. And I'm sitting there in special ed. This is, that's Brent, Yeah, this is, this is me. I'm Brent. And I'm sitting there in special ed, and I'm... I'm helping a um, they had this thing where they have the older kids help the younger kids read because we both had reading dyslexia and so i'm sitting there and we're both struggling through dr seuss uh and i realized wait a minute i feel better about myself now but who's gonna help him you know so i decided to take actually i went to brianna and said, brianna, what do you think about doing assemblies on this and she was right on board and we took um all of our money and we still do most of it, and we put it back into our nonprofit to help people. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm glad you, you guys can you laugh about it now. But you know, honestly, 
I can say most creative types, most people think we have ADD. I mean, take me for example when when I'm planning things with with the whole staff here, they they think I have ADD because you know the the ideas just fly fast and furious, and I'm telling talking about this and oh we got to do this and this and, oh we got to do this and, this and like laser cats, laser cats, laser cats. Yeah, so you know <laughs> we've spoken to JJ Abrams before. He's he's exactly the same way too. I mean, but I think I think it's the fact that you're so creative that your your thought your your thought just go faster than your mouth sometimes is what it is. Uh, definitely. I understand that more than you know. <laughs> yeah, it, your brains are always somewhere else, but I think it's interesting when you take that somewhere else, you kind of explore it, write it down, you've got a science fiction universe. <laughs> yeah, it's a fun somewhere else. It's fun! Yeah, yes. it's fun. I think in our house, uh, the joke is with Brianna, when we all find uh, inner peace one day, uh, Brianna will all be floating there looking at us like, where have you been? You know, I've been <laughs> a long time. Yeah. Speaking of fun, let's have a little bit of fun with the Winter Twins. Uh, first, let's talk about a little fun you guys had a few weeks ago. You guys got about the Geeky Awards. Talk about that. How was that? Wow. Like? The Geeky Awards was an amazing experience. Uh, we presented an award with Richard Hatch uh, of Battlestar Galactica. Oh, what? So yeah. that was and pretty the, awesome. And the Nerd <laughs> Machine ended up winning the award. We, we were the best retail store. So we handed the award to them. And it was pretty great because... Uh, we were both, we were, uh, Brianna and I and, and, and Richard, we were all worried. We didn't know when we were going to come on because during the uh, the practice. practice, we were kind of all distracted having fun talking. talking. So we didn't exactly know <laughs> yeah. when we were coming on. So I'm like, award two, we're like award 12 uh, or 10. And so we ran up and we're standing there, you know, backstage for like an hour. <laughs> uh-huh. Outfit change. Yeah, and it was it was a very very fun fun thing. Richard's awesome. Richard's awesome, uh, and we made instant friends. Yeah, we made a lot of friends, and we danced till three. It was pretty cool. We danced with you know the black nerd. Mm-hmm. Andre- oh yeah, we danced with Andre. Hello, Andre. I know he Who? listens. So, He's an awesome guy. He's awesome. We danced with so many. It was the the after party was full of the you know geek elite culture, and we were all dancing to dorky eighty songs. And it was very fitting. It was very fitting, considering it was geek culture. It was. Yeah, and the problem was the DJ wouldn't put on any modern songs, so <laughs> it was well, like... Well, started going back to the 50s. No MC and, Hammer? Uh, no. It was like... No, not even that good. <laughs> <laughs> I had to go and talk to him. I'm like, hey, you know, do you mind if you put on something made in the last 60 years? Can you put the Macarena on, please? Yeah, I believe that was played. <laughs> so... <laughs> But uh, I mean, overall, it was, it was the most, most, one of the most amazing experiences of my life to be around people in geek culture and to recognize the independent uh, artists, artists that yeah. really need recognition. And they were able to, it was really to celebrate them uh, and the hard work that they've done. Yeah. And that, it was, like, it was the first, I mean, we weren't there. We watched it online like a lot of people did. Uh, it was the first one. Hopefully, it turns into an annual thing now. Uh, but I, let's let's do our, our very quick impromptu awards right now. Let me ask you guys um, your opinions from from so far. What you think best movie? Who would you give it to for this year? This year? Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Um, Only one. Now we can't say Hobbit or Thor because they're not out yet, or Ender's Game because they're not out yet. But it just that's why I said so far from the big summer yeah, movies that we've had. Seen Riddick, so I, I don't know if I can. Well, that's okay. I haven't watch. either. I'll probably see it this weekend. Oh man, and I love Pitch Black. The theater was Pitch really Black. Pitch Black. <laughs> I love Pitch Black. Oh wait, what I was I talking about? I couldn't see Riddick. It was just so dark. So, there. the Winter Twins. Who 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 would you guys give it to if you had to award a best movie right now? I loved Man of Steel. There okay, so can we see two different movies because we are? Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's Brianna. 
Though Man of Steel was great, I'm going to pick Star Trek Into Darkness. Uh oh. See, I go with the Man of Steel Into Darkness. I honestly, I wasn't very happy with that. Um, we'll talk about it in just a little bit. But I've heard the opposite from some geeks too. It's, it's I I'm gonna go with Man of Steel because I just love Superman, and we I mean our, we grew up with uh, Superman collection. My dad has hundreds of you know sculptures of of Superman in our house, original. So I you know when Superman died. It was a big deal in our house. Yeah, you guys had a funeral. Yeah, it a was little bit. Yeah, I did too. Did you ever read the comics? You buried you a comic book. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. No, you. I mean, I don't know. You're you're the same way. I had one just last year when Peter Parker died in, in the comic book. So yeah, that that is what we do. <laughs> Bury yeah. the comic book in the back. Oh my in the god, backyard. he's dead. So I remember that was like a big deal. But oh, spoiler alert! So in case somebody didn't know, <laughs> just loved what they did with Krypton, and I just thought, wow. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you look at the old um, Superman stuff, he's in spandex. Mm-hmm. But to make him that awesome, you know, maybe you're, you're kind of convincing me here. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> Superman, what they did with it, it's it's great. I, we're big, I'm a big Superman fan. It's Brianna, by the way. But it's with each new movie, they have to reintroduce Superman to a new audience in a way that's going to have to be sort of believable. And you have to be able to suspend your belief to it and I think they did a really good job with that I just Benedict Cumberbatch was so good as Khan <laughs> he's just so good and I I just love that I have an interesting Star Trek Into the Darkness story this is Brit yeah go ahead so everyone decided to see the movie without me <laughs> everyone in the household I, I didn't see Star Trek Into the Darkness until two months after it came out Into Darkness Into Darkness thank you <laughs> wait you had so, to go by yourself I had to find, well, a friend of mine, we didn't actually know each other very well, but we, she had already seen, it was a fellow geek, and, and I'm like, have you seen it? It's like, yeah, but I wouldn't mind seeing it again, so we ended up seeing it and getting crepes. We didn't even know each other. Now we're good friends, but Star Trek Into the Darkness brought us together in our friendship. Into Darkness. Into Darkness, thank you. Into the Darkness? Into- yes, yes. So, but I had to see it. I'm like, I asked everybody, have you seen it? Yes. Have you seen it? Yes. So I had to find someone who wouldn't mind seeing it the sixth time. Okay, this so is going to be good. We're going to talk about Into Darkness in just a little bit. But let me continue on with this quick award thing here. Best TV show or show you're most looking forward to? Who would you give that to? Oh, you know what? I haven't seen Hannibal yet, but everyone says I need to see it. And I'm excited for S.H.I.E.L.D. Brianna's is, is, I'm excited for S.H.I.E.L.D. Brittany's excited for Hannibal. Okay, what about best geek culture podcast, blog, or YouTube channel? I mean, you guys mentioned Andre, but yeah, you'll probably give it to him. But any, any other ones that, that you would give it to? Oh. Uh, we we have um, we pick two different ones here. I'll choose uh, Gekin, Gekin, and you'll choose Andre. Oh no no I have to think about it. Oh no, but there's so many good ones. I know Gekin. Uh, uh, there that was a blast. A blast. We were just on there and that was a blast. It was two hours and we all, I I listened to it for two hours and it was it was just <laughs> very fun. Um oh uh, web series. Can you pick web series too? Yeah, I don't see. Wait, 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 web series as opposed to podcast. This isn't fair. This is there's too many to pick from. This is a this is torture. You know, Kristen's Kristen's Skyrim parodies are pretty awesome. And then oh, you have the Guild, and who doesn't love the Guild? Oh, the Guild's great. Oh, oh, no. how can we pick from all of our friends? Can we pick you guys? You yeah, sure let's can. Pick that. We love, How about we just give it to everybody? How about that? Let's yeah, just give yeah, it to yeah, us. Yes, everybody. Give, we'll give us the <laughs> 
Okay, so, so to finish off, this is this is what I was talking about. To finish off, let me give you a couple of topics. I'm, we'll show you guys. Most of you guys already know who know them, who read their books. You know they're the real thing. They they grew up in geek culture. They speak geek culture. It comes out of them. You're hearing it right now. So let's talk about some big topics of the past few weeks. Uh, this is from last year, actually. Star Wars being bought by Disney. What did you guys think of that? I thought it was great. A natural progression. Uh, I'm excited to see the next movie, and I think they're going to do a good job. Uh, it's a logical next it's step. It's a logical next step. They needed to expand, and I'm excited that uh, I'm looking forward to one day a Star Wars theme park. Yes. Uh, it's- you better copyright that idea before someone swoops on that. <laughs> and- oh, don't worry. They've already, they've already thought of it. <laughs> and uh, the B part to that is the new Star Wars movies and J.J. being announced as director. What do you guys think of that? I think that's also logical. It's they're gonna. Uh, I can understand Disney's perspective in in entrusting the reboot of one of the, if not the biggest sci-fi franchise ever. You're gonna have to they trusting it to someone that also uh, rebooted another uh, franchise did a great job with it, and he's he does such a good job with his films. Um, I am forgetting the name of it. Uh, Super Eight was mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, Star Trek is beautiful. Fringe was awesome. All of his TV shows are great. I'm really looking forward to it. And George Lucas is still involved. And I'm sure whatever um, the next movie is, is probably the idea has been there for maybe 20 years. See, you know? I, had, I had this written down. I'm glad you guys mentioned it a minute ago. What did you think of Star Trek Into Darkness? I loved it. And when I finally got to see it, I loved it. <laughs> that sarcasm hurt, Because everyone went without me. You, you didn't want to go. It gave you a better story and, and it gave you a better emotional experience when you finally watched yeah, it. Yeah, I'm, I'm able to complain about it and make me feel guilty <laughs> if I'm able to complain. You know how many people saw that? Everyone had seen that movie. It, it, but it was really great when I was finally there. I'm like, Khan, no way! And like, <laughs> See, and, and now I'll tell you now what I, what I thought of it. As I, we had a whole show about it. We had Rod Roddenberry on and you know we talked about that. But the, I, I liked it as a movie. Phenomenal movie. Now, I've always been a big JJ fan anyway, but phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. I can't talk now. Great movie. I'll put it that way. But it's making me think a lot. <laughs> as part of the franchise, it missed the mark only because of who it is, because it's JJ, the bad robot people. I expected a lot more from them. And the 2009 Star Trek, the reboot was perfect because with the alternate timeline, you can take it literally anywhere you want. Why redo the best of all the Star Trek films? That that's why it, I, I like I said I liked it as a movie, but it's just a, it's just because of who directed and who was who wrote and who was behind the scenes. I was disappointed. It was very lazy writing to me. Is is was what it was. Hmm. Interesting. You know, there, there was a, a philosophical element that all the other Star Trek have that I say I saw that was lacking, but they really had to try to introduce introduce it to a larger audience. Yeah. And although yeah. as Trekkies, you know, we can say, wait, you know, we all want this. We're purists. That, we're purists, and I don't. And I think it's almost you have to maybe you have to sacrifice a little bit so more people can get into it, and we can continue making more. I'm gonna have to disagree with you on that, Brett. Oh, oh I thought what? it. Oh, ding ding. What? What? No, I mean, it's, it's. I thought the philosophical element was there, and I think that the fact that they went back and reintroduced a newer audience to the classic Trek lore is absolutely vital for the uh, continuation of the franchise. Okay, that was a good point, and I happen to agree with you now. You have to introduce it. Is it going to be the original con? No, because it's a different movie. 
However, it did a really good job at introducing people to the Klingons and to Khan and to yeah. the the dynamics of the ship. I might, or I, okay, I, I'm not admitting to this, but I might have been crying when the Klingons came on screen. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I admit to nothing and deny everything. And that was Brit, by the way, who may have not or may have admitted that. I'm like, yay! Oh, she's speaking Klingon. Oh my god! Yeah, so some dust went in her eye. That's what it was. Yeah. And it was just dust. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so late. It was only me, and you know some 75 year olds that were sitting in the back and then my friend who had seen it like the seventh time. So that was, that was it. Cause I've seen it so late, but so, it was. <laughs> so, so that's Star Trek into darkness. Now a big one. Cause I know you two are fans. Ben Affleck as Batman. Ben man. Oh, Oh, Ooh. Oh, <laughs> we have controversial opinions. You should start. You should start and say your opinions first so we can disagree. I mean, what? <laughs> You first. Well, we talked about it last week. Uh, me, honestly, I'm holding judgment until I actually see the movie, um, because yeah. you know, like I like I mentioned on the show, I, I I don't I don't think that you you can really judge. You can kind of, but you can't really judge a, an actor's performance on what he's done before because every role is different. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I said I'm not I'm not happy. I'm not disappointed. I'm not oh, Zack Snyder. You ruined my Batman. I don't know. I have to see it. So that that's that's what I'll say. Oh, actually. That, this makes this a little less fun because you didn't say something inflammatory and come back at you, but that's okay. We'll continue. We agree. Um, I know a lot of people were very upset and freaking out. What? How dare he? But they did the same thing to Heath Ledger as the Joker. And I'm sure he's... I, I think he's going to do an awesome job. We we trust Christopher Nolan. Yep. I, I always say in Nolan we trust. In Nolan we trust. So, and I think he, he did a great job... Oh, I'm forgetting his movie. Inception? Batman? Dark Knight? No, no, the, the Netflix movie <laughs> that just won the Oscar. Argo. Argo. Argo, thank you. Yeah, Argo? that was great. I mean, he's a really good actor. He's great. I, You know, it might be really, really, really great. And uh, the classic, I love, as I said, I love Man of Steel. And I would love to see how they're going to put Batman and Superman together. Uh, yeah. And if anything, to see the comic books that I've read my entire life come to screen is really a, de- a dream come true yeah i mean that that was my feeling when i was watching all the marvel movies and culminated last year in avengers now i want to see the same thing for the dc characters heck yes heck yes and you know uh, the dark knight is a brilliant series and it's wonderful but you know i don't understand why you can't just make those you know like separate franchises you know that's one version of batman you know superheroes are larger than life mm-hmm there's no reason why I can't remake them over and over again and enjoy the characters in different settings to a different audience and different generation. Okay, so unless I'm missing the point, you guys, True. both of you, are okay with Ben Affleck as Batman? Yeah, yeah, we're fine. We're with fine. It. Yeah, see, this okay. makes it so less, so much less dramatic. We, yeah, we were on Gekin and they, they were they were not happy, and so we were like, "Oh, we can <laughs> we can cause trouble." Yeah, I heard that show. <laughs> Um, now, say the, whatever the, you the, want. the last one I'm going to give you is a big one. This is why I saved it for last. Not the best, but I'll save the best for last. We actually we did a whole show on this uh, a few months ago, and that is the fake geek girls topic. So give your, your thoughts on that. Sexist! <laughs> Sorry, what? Um, I didn't hear your question. Uh-huh, huh. Sexist! <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. Really? Come on. Aren't we a culture that's supposed to be inclusive? Weren't we the ones that were... Uh, All inclusive. 
Uh, yeah, weren't we the ones excluded? And that's the reason we started this to begin with? And now we're excluding? I'm sorry. Okay, the passion is out of it. I'm going to meditate now. Wait, Wait how do you really feel? <laughs> um, you know what? I get that all the time. I kept wondering why they asked me that. <laughs> that was a joke. Everyone's supposed to laugh now. Ha. <laughs> Thank you! I don't... I don't understand it. You know, with geek culture, the reason why I love it is that it's a place for people who, you know, a place like for me, I didn't really, I'm passionate about so many different things and so many geeky things that when I walk into Comic-Con or I walk into the Geeky Awards or even a comic book shop, we all understand each other and we have the same interests. You're among family. Yeah, and we're all inclusive. Uh, I think that, quote unquote, fake geek it's just it's a good sign that our, our our culture is growing and people are trying to hop on the boat to get some fame or popularity from it. So it's I think it may be a symptom of, of geek becoming chic because these people that have been a part of the culture for a long time think that person isn't like me or my buddy. Therefore, you know, that's wrong. They're fake. It's this. Also, I want to bring up it's a girl. Therefore, that's something wrong with that. And oh, we started getting that when we were at Comic Con this year, especially, you know, we're 18 now and we're starting to look a little bit older. Uh, we started to get um, some very interesting and disturbing comments, uh, and the way people treated us are different uh, at Comic Con. Oh, you write science fiction? Ha ha ha, very cute, right? They didn't actually believe it. You know, they don't think, you know, we can actually, you know, we actually know about gold made Or that that we have any sort of intelligence at all. Yeah. And they treat you as such, and it's quite insulting. So, I think we've got to do is not to focus on that, and to move past it, because it's not true, uh, and to, I think, just ignore it, and to ultimately be yourself, and to stay true to who you are, because you'll prove them all wrong. And hopefully, uh... Us and girls like Kristen, you know, the one that started the Geeky Awards, Chris, and uh, Felicia Day, Bonnie Burden, other geek girls will pave the way, and it's geek girls, there are more of them than one would initially think. We're, yeah. this, is, this is not necessarily a male-dominated subculture anymore, no, and that's changing. And I'll say, I don't know if you guys listen to this to this show, the Geek Speak Show, on a regular basis, but that's one of the reasons why a lot of people like it because it's not just Joel and myself. You know, I have Rachel, of course. Me? We have Jessica. We have Michelle. We, we have a lot of geek girls who actually know their stuff and their voices are loud and proud on this show. They're not just in the bag giggling at whatever we say. I, I you know, I let them host by themselves. I feature them a lot, and, and people like that because you know we're giving them a voice. We're giving them a show. A lot of these shows, unfortunately, don't they don't have the female fan vo- point of view, and that's that's sorely missing in in podcasts and blogs and things like that. Well, you know, actually, I can I can say that's actually a positive thing because there's there's a, there's definitely a open market for geek girls, and it's there. Uh, and as we as as I said, after we turned eighteen. Uh, we really started to step up our game because we could yeah. and into geek culture and geek girl culture. So that's really what we've been, I mean, repositioning ourselves as or, or just that's actually what we do. We come on um, another interview next week. Same thing. We are as geek girls talking about geeky things and giving our, our opinions. And I think my prediction is that geek girls are really going to step up to the plate and blow everyone's minds. You go, and girl. I think, I think, oh, yeah. I think the culture will change and we're only at the beginning of it. Geek culture is young. Geek culture is young, and we are ever evolving. We we started out as the nerd. 
Exactly. We started out as the nerds in the back of the classroom. But now we're the ones making the movies. And, you know, like, look at Mark Zuckerberg, you know? We're the ones with all the money making movies. And ultimately, <laughs> our culture decides and makes and breaks a lot of Hollywood and most of Hollywood things. And in general, TV shows, movies, books, technology. Yeah, I was going to say, all these shiny toys we have, who do you think makes those? Exactly. Geek we is got the money. Becoming, geek is becoming chic, and that ruffles a lot of feathers. Some people think... They want to be purist about it, and they think, oh, that girl is, you know, she's blonde, therefore she can't be a geek. Allow me to put, like, a funny sticker on her and run away. It's like, really? What's wrong with you? Just because you're blonde doesn't mean anything. This is, I believe that this culture is supposed to be inclusive. Actually, that just makes makes us hipsters. Ah, indeed. But we could be hipsters, and I think we are a little bit hipstery. Um, Well, 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 we, we liked this first, so they can't like it. So... There. What? What? We're trendsetters. We're trendsetters. That's what we are. Exactly. So I think what we should all do is just like open our arms to all different types of geekiness and let them, you know, see if they really are geeky. You know, if not, keep going. That's my opinion. I don't really think it matters. You want to call yourself a geek? Fantastic. Let's all geek out together. If not, cool. What's the big deal? Exactly what, what we do every single week here on the show. So they, she's Brittany and Brianna, the Winter Twins. WinterTwins.com, MotivateToLearn.org. They're all on our, on our link section. Ladies, thanks a lot for coming back on, taking the time. You are welcome back anytime to geek out about whatever. We'll definitely have you on in 2015 when we get to see Superman and Batman and see what you thought of it then. Of course, and thank you so much for having us. It is always a pleasure. Thank Likewise. So uh, nothing but the best continued success to you, to both of you. And like I said, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Woo! Comics Commentary with Jessica Nidon on the Geek Speak Show. Hey, and welcome to the Comic Commentary, which is brought to you by MightyBill.com, where you can find all your latest comic book news. I am on that website all the time, and you should be too. So there's some drama going on with DC's Batwoman. J.H. Williams and co-writer W. Hayden Blackman quit Batwoman. Williams posted on his website that they both quit because of editorial interference, because DC was stopping them from being able to tell stories they wanted to tell and they felt were important to the story. A big one that DC wouldn't allow them to do is Batwoman's wedding to her girlfriend. She has been openly gay since the start of the story, and this could really backfire in DC's face. I hope they have a plan. And DC has since said that it is not the main character's Batwoman's sexual orientation that stopped them from wanting to do this story. It is the wedding itself within a comic book story that they're not wanting to put in. So I don't know, I guess within the next couple of weeks, we'll have to see how this all turns out. Now, if you think you can work with DC Comics and you always wanted to, this might be your chance. They're having an open talent search for somebody to draw a page in their special Harley Quinn issue. All you have to do is submit your work and they will pick a winner. I believe it's in November. You can find all the information and all the dates and how to enter on their website, dccomics.com. Also in DC News, Jeff Johns is leaving Aquaman. His last issue is going to be issue number 25. He had a really good run with Aquaman, so I think he's really going to be missed. Today is Wednesday, September 11th, and don't forget to pick up your comic books today. Here are a few of them coming out. With Aspen Comics, we have Homecoming number 4, Boom Studios, Son of Anarchy number 1, Three Guns number 2, Dark Horse, we have Star Wars number 9, Image, Sidekick number 2, and Walking Dead number 114. Of course, there's a lot more coming out this week, and you can find the whole list on our website. Or you can find all your favorite comics at one of the Geek Speak Show's official comic shops. 
like Flying Color Comics in Concord, California. And speaking of Flying Color Comics, this weekend, Saturday the 14th, Jim Lee is going to be out there at Flying Colors signing autographs. And the Geek Speak Show is going to be doing a pre-video show with him. You can find all the information to that on our website. That's Comics Commentary with Jessica Nidon. Got a scoop for her? Email her. Jessica at thegeekspeakshow.com Hey, this is Todd McFarland, creator of Spawn and one of the original founders of Image Comics. And you're listening to Geek Speak Show. Thanks for coming. So that was Jessica commentating on comics. Let's keep on talking comic books at one of the greatest comic book stores in the Bay Area and also happens to be one of the official stores of the Geek Speak Show. Flying Colors, comics, and other cool stuff. The cool stuff is happening tonight and on Saturday. First of all, let's welcome a friend of the show, Joe Field. Joe, welcome back to the Geek Speak Show. Well, thanks for having me, Henry. Thanks for coming on. (laughs) (laughs) Joel's obviously excited, and so am I that you're here. Yeah, we're going to get everybody excited because a lot of things are happening, starting with tonight, Wednesday, New Comics Wednesday, as we record this, 5 p.m. to 8 p.m., Jing Yang, he was there for, for, a, for a free comic book day. He's returning again. Talk about that, Joe. Yeah, Gene, uh, Gene is definitely a friend of the store. Um, a, a crazy good talent. Um, uh, a New York Times bestselling uh, graphic novelist uh, for American Born Chinese seven years ago and has done a number of other things. But today is the comics market debut of his uh, uh, absolutely epic work called Boxers and Saints about the Chinese Boxer Rebellion of 1897 to 1901. Um, It's taken him since American Born Chinese came out seven years ago to research, write, draw, put the whole thing together. And and it's so big that it's actually two graphic novels put together. It's what we call uh, a diptych. Um, It's a a two-volume slipcase set of graphic novels. It's over 500 pages. It's an amazing piece of work. And, uh, and Gene will be here from 5 to 8 tonight, uh, and we're hoping everybody comes out for it to take a look at this. I, I, I think this is going to be one of the graphic novels that gets talked about for a long, long time. It's just, um, I, I, was, I was absolutely captivated by this thing. And it's not an easy story to read. It is, uh, it is, it, there's all kinds of depth to it. Um, there's history, um, some history that uh, those of us in the West may not want to uh, take a look at all that much, but it is, um, it's a really remarkable piece of work. And as always with Gene's work, he comes at it with a really good heart, uh, a lot of talent, and um, uh, just uh, this, one, this one goes 110%. It's, it's an awesome deal. And needless and to say, is- but I'll say it anyway, I'm sure there's plenty of copies at Flying Colors you guys can get and get it signed by Gene. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. We um, uh, we have a lot of Gene's work available, so anybody who wants to, who hasn't read, uh, for instance, one of the all-time best-selling graphic novels, American Born Chinese, we've got that one in stock. We have uh, his uh, book that he did with artist Tin Fam called Level Up, which is an amazing book about. Uh, um, an Asian kid who grows up wanting to be a um, video, a professional video game player, but his parents want him to be a gastroenterologist, and uh, uh, craziness ensues. So <laughs> it's uh, it's it's a really cool piece of work. That one's called Level Up, um, 
and uh, yeah, we've got we've got a bunch of his work here. Uh, we're going to have some refreshments. Uh, it's going to be a really kind of a, uh, a a kickback kind of a deal. Gene's really good about talking with everybody who wants to uh, look at his work, um, and I, I think it's uh, it's just going to be a fun time. Are there going to be any exclusives that are available? Well, um, yeah, the exclusive for us is uh, uh, when when we do uh, signings for Gene, we have um, an exclusive book plate uh, that will be, um, you know, the Comics Market first day issue book plate uh, for Boxers and Saints. Oh, that's amazing. And is there a limited amount of those, by the way? Because I have friends that are coming that are totally psyched. Um, uh, we, we, uh, we hope to have plenty, uh, actually, uh, um, the business, uh, man in me says, we hope we sell out, but, um, I, I, at this point we have, we have plenty. Awesome. Now for the big one this Saturday, starting at 11 AM, Jim Lee will be back at flying colors. Talk about that one. Jim Lee. <laughs> um, well, you know, uh, Jim and I go way back. Um, when he was uh, a young artist just breaking in at Marvel, I was um, helping to run uh, WonderCon, and so I got to know him there. That was even before Flying Colors opened. Um, so that when Flying Colors opened 25 years ago, uh, Jim was the one I went to and said, can you come out for our grand opening? And that became his first professional store signing. And so... Um, a couple of years ago, uh, he came up to me uh, at one of the uh, conferences we were at, and he said, uh, you know, I want to come back for your 25th anniversary. And I went, uh, <laughs> you know, not a problem. Um, a, Jim has done, uh, I think, oh, probably uh, six or seven official signings here, but back in the old days, uh, he used to just come and hang out and draw with some of the other local artists and um, so he has been a friend of the store since Flying Colors opened, and um, and also he's um, I think he considers Flying Colors to be his home store, um, even with all the travels he's done. So uh, we're really uh, fortunate to have him. This will be his only Northern California uh, store appearance for this year and probably next year. Um, Jim and his lovely wife Carla have a baby on the way in a couple of months, and I know that's going to keep him sort of uh, off the road for a while. So um, this is going to be a major opportunity for people to be able to see him in a store setting. Yeah, and don't forget to tell everybody that those of you who got the tickets before the event starts, there's going to be an exclusive video interview with you and Jim. Yeah, what we're doing is, uh, with uh, with GeekSpeak is we're doing uh, a special video interview with Jim that's going to go over his career and uh, um, and the sort of the uh, the 25 years of Flying Colors history too, but. Um, uh, that is a uh, separate ticketed event uh, with the money going to charity, and it's completely sold out. But the cool thing about that is, is that uh, um, that's an hour before the official signing starts, and then we'll be ready to rock and roll uh, at 11 o'clock. Um, and we also have one other deal for people to be able to get uh, priority line privileges, and that is uh, for those people who buy or have bought already uh, Superman Unchained 1, 2, and 3 here at Flying Colors and have their name in our system, um, 
uh, as having purchased those, uh, we will be giving those people priority line privilege. Um, so those will be the first people let in uh, once the signing starts at 11 o'clock. Um, and uh, we we do expect a huge crowd, so that's going to be a nice little bonus for people who actually buy their comics from us on a regular basis. Yeah, that reminds me. Actually, it's on it's on the Facebook page. I have it linked up on our on our web website also. But what's the what's the limit? Uh, what will Jim sign, and what's the limit on that? Well, what we're uh, what we're doing is uh, uh, we're also using the event as a way to raise funds for the We Can Be Heroes charity that is the DC Comics charity that raises money for hunger in the Horn of Africa. Um, a, a really great cause, number one. Uh, so, but Jim will sign five items for free uh, for. Uh, everyone coming through the line. Uh, any more than that, we're going to ask for a $5 per signature donation with 100% of the money going to the, uh, to the charity. Um, we also are going to be doing, uh, well, I'm not going to be doing them. Jim is going to be doing some of his amazing sketch work. Um, but because we cannot uh, uh, do that for everyone here, what we decided to do is turn that also into a fundraising opportunity. So we have raffle tickets that are available, $5 a piece or 3 for $10, um, available here in the store now through Saturday. And uh, during the course of the event on Saturday, we'll be drawing, or Jim will be drawing, um, these raffle tickets uh, out, of, um, uh, out of the box and be doing sketches for those lucky people. And I, I, my guess is he'll probably do somewhere between four and six sketches during the day. So there's a fairly decent chance, uh, you know, um, the odds are pretty good uh, uh, to put $5 down and get something good out of it. Um, and, uh, you know, that's all uh, uh, all to the good because uh, the money goes to charity. So um, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a great time here. It's going to be rocking all day long. There may be there may be a little period in there where I let Jim have some uh, some lunch during the middle of the deal, but uh, uh, but uh, what we're going to do is we're going to make every effort to go all the way through the line to make sure that everyone who shows up uh, gets at least uh, a signature. So um, we're hoping everybody turns out for it. Now the the other obvious question I got a few emails about it. In fact, is you know are pictures okay with Jim? Uh, yeah, uh, photos are okay, but uh, bring your own camera, take a picture. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna really try to keep things going. So this isn't gonna be you know uh, set up your tripod, uh, get the lighting right, blah blah blah. You know all that. No, it's gonna be get in there, take a shot, and go if you if you'd like one. But um, I, uh, uh, I I know a lot of people. Uh, we'll probably want one, but that's uh, as long as we're able to move it through quickly, we'll do it. Um, we actually, uh, my estimation is we're going to have somewhere between 600 and 1,000 people here. So uh, that's a lot of people to move through in essentially uh, uh, a four or five hour signing. Um, and uh, so what our goal is going to be is to take care of everybody, and if there are people who wind up slowing things down, um, we will um, we will play bad cop and move them out of the way so that we can take care of more people. Yeah, so again, that's Judge happening. <laughs> that's happening this Saturday at Flying Colors Comics and other cool stuff. Jim Lee there. The, the whole event starts at 11 o'clock. Those of you who have the tickets uh, a little before we, uh, I would say 10, 10-ish, 10, 10, 15-ish, somewhere around there. 
uh, exclusive interview with Joe and Jim. Um, and remember, yeah. if I mean, if he's going to sign up to five things free, which is pretty generous, have all your stuff ready. Because like Joe just said, if there's a thousand people there, if you want to get your signatures, you need to have all that ready to go. Yeah, that's a really good point, Rachel. Yeah. I think uh, I, what, what we'll do is we'll we'll try to uh, let people know that as as they're coming through to just take things out of their bags and boards and that sort of thing. Um, and uh, you know we're, we're pretty good about organizing events here, so uh, I, I think it'll move smoothly. But uh, the more people are able to help us out by um, uh, getting things ready and uh, you know paying attention through the course of the line. Um, the the smoother it'll be, um, and you know, and uh, what what my guess is, if there is still any kind of a line, and it gets towards the end of the signing, what we'll do is we'll just get Jim up from uh, uh, behind his table and uh, just cruise on through the line and at least get everybody a signature. We may not be able to get everybody five, but um, but uh, we we'll do what we can to take care of everybody in line. Yeah, so uh, again, Jin, Jin Yang tonight, Wednesday, as we record this, 5 to 8 p.m., get his his new uh, Boxers and Saints books, and he'll sign them for you. Jim Lee this Saturday, starting at 11 a.m., be there, take your five books, and uh, just be ready to have a lot of fun. Uh, the 25th anniversary that's going on, that's all part of this. You've had Stan now, you have you have Jim Lee. How can it get any bigger than this? Who are you going to surprise us with next? <laughs> Well, I, I don't think it gets any bigger than Stan Lee or Jim Lee, but we are going to have a nice event on uh, Saturday, October 5th, that will be our actual um, 25th anniversary party. And uh, uh, our our main guest for that will be um, one of my favorite artists and also a longtime friend of the store and a guy who was here way back in the day, and that's uh, uh, Dan Brereton. Uh, so... Um, uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun time, and we'll try to pull out a couple of surprises and see what happens. Flying colors, comics, and other cool stuff, as Joe always says. When it happens in comics, happens at Flying Colors. So you guys all be there. Joe, we'll see you there this Saturday to have fun with Jim. Uh, that would be great, and I uh, look forward to seeing you guys. And uh, we're gonna just have a really fun time on Saturday, and I want everyone else to come out and have fun with us. Okay, Joe. We'll see you on Saturday. Okay. This is Mark Zigby, writer, producer, and director of Space Command, and you're listening to the Geek Speak Show. You are listening to the Geek Speak Show. You are what? <laughs> What's going listening? along? I'm going along with the theme. You know, during the break, we were saying yeah, I get caught a lot of things here, and sometimes never Joe. It's a clean show, so I won't say what we call you. So it is the Geek Speak Show. Uh, now, Rachel and I, you, what do you think of when I say, let the Wookiee win? Well, it's a smart idea. Yeah. And you should always do it. <laughs> yeah, we always think of, you know, like Jabba call him the mighty troop. I'm, I was going to do my Jabba voice, but I, I don't think I can do my Jabba voice just yet. Uh, Peter Mayhew, the, the actor that we all know and love. We've all seen him at Comic Con, the Warner Con, a lot of conventions. Uh, we, and he, celebrations. Uh, yes. Uh, um, he's actually, uh, he, he just went through a, a surgery to literally rebuild his knees. On to talk about it because it's it's being documented on film. On to talk about it is one of the directors, Ryan Ziegler. Ryan, welcome to the Geek Speak Show. Thank you, Henry. I appreciate it. Thank yeah, th- thanks for taking the time. Uh, so since since you're there at literally at Ground Zero, t- t- tell everybody what's going on with Peter. Uh, what's the operation all about? Uh, tell us what what this is all about. 
Okay. Um, well, the what I'm actually doing is we're documenting the whole process of what he's been going through. So uh, what we did is we followed him to the last convention that he attended before he uh, went into his operation for Salt Lake uh, City Comic Con first year for them. And honestly, it was a really amazing convention. They almost broke 100,000 people, and there was a lot of great support from the local 501st and Rebel Legion. And um, then afterwards, we were literally here for a day in Texas before he went into surgery. So we had about a day downtime, and then and he's having double knee replacement surgery and having this tendon stretched on both legs. So he's literally being reconstructed from the waist down. They're actually they're going to be extending the bones near his knees, too, to compensate for the wear that he's had over the years. And when he comes out of it, he might even be two or three inches taller, depending on how he actually stands. Whoa. But he's, what is he? He's seven foot two, seven foot three now, isn't he? He's or seven was. foot three right now, yeah. Was, yeah. So that'll make him, what, seven, seven foot five? Um, thereabouts. It depends. We haven't we haven't had him stand up completely yet to uh to find that out. It's a little more important for us on the medical side to make sure he's okay and coming out of it all right. What are those knees and, made out of? Um, well that that's a really interesting one. It's actually taken almost a year to develop the knees. They were they were made by a company called Biomet and they've gone through six different versions of the knees to try and get his weight to fall properly and to be able to support his huge structure. So originally it was going to be a composite material. The final product is actually a metal uh, prosthetic knee that's going to, to compensate for what he's being what he's having replaced. And and Ryan, you actually have a Kickstarter page for, for this whole thing which you're calling Standing in the Stars, the Peter Mayhew story. Um, but it's not really like a mm -hmm. bio documentary, right? So what what would you call it? Um I don't know. Um we haven't really it's kind of been defined by the project as it's been changing. It's really to follow his story through this, but in the process, it's also to to tell everyone a little bit more about his side of the world. I mean, the biggest thing is there's there's a lot of stuff going on in the Star Wars universe right now, and everyone's under scrutiny, and everything's changing, and Peter's most important thing right now is getting back on his feet, and he doesn't want to be in a situation where where you know he's down and out for well the rest of his life is basically what they've told him. Yeah, I've I've actually had the pleasure of meeting Peter um, a couple times um, at different conventions and stuff, and he's always been so like loving and and just inviting to every fan, never having a bad day that I've ever seen, and it looks like he's thoroughly enjoying everything that he's doing, just kind of being a part of everything. Um, but how did you get involved in this? Were were you a fan? Have you been you know following Star Wars or him or anything like that? Well, I'm, I'm a friend of the family, and I've been out to their property a few times in Texas. And um, what it comes down to is, a couple, like back in January when they first realized they were going to be having the surgery, they really wanted to find a way to share with the fans. And we discussed it, and then it fell to someone else, and honestly, they dropped the ball. And a couple of months ago, I was on the phone with Angie and Peter, and they were saying, you know, they really wanted to make this happen because people had been expressing to them how they wanted to know, you know, how the surgery and what was going on. And so literally what we're trying to do is a year down the line when someone asks Peter or Angie what happened, we can show them, not just tell them in a few words. It's always good. So the surgery took place yesterday, and like, how's, uh, how's Peter and the family doing? Um, surgery was actually a day before yesterday. Today's the 11th. Yeah, sorry. Still rough. It was the 9th. They actually did it the morning oh, of. Man. And it's been 
it's been rough so far. Um, the first, the surgery went incredibly well. Um, however, it's still getting him out of it. He's still down and out. So he's been slowly coming up and speaking to us for a few seconds and then going back under. Um, there's a lot of, lot of medication to keep him under for six hours. Aww. <laughs> yeah, we're talking to Ryan Ziegler. He's director of Standing in the Stars, the Peter Mayhew story. Again, not, not a biography. It's a, well, Ryan's not really sure what it is, but it is going to be following his journey, Peter's journey from the Wookiee we knew to you know rebuilding him, and we'll see what he is at the end. It's a Kickstarter project. Three days to go as we record this. The they had a goal of forty two thousand. The last I checked, which was uh, late last night, where they were a little over fifty five thousand, which obviously they surpassed it. Whoa! Um, whoa. Uh, is that what it's at now, Ryan, or, or, or do you know? Yeah, it's it's just a little bit over 55. Um, the biggest thing is we're trying to reach as many people as humanly possible. So our first goal was just to share it with the fans. And from the responses we've gotten, we've been able to add, like, we're going to have it in a few different languages available for subtitling in, like, four different languages as it stands right now. We're also going to try and reach out and get distribution a little bit more because as far as I'm concerned, I want everyone who's ever seen a Wookiee to have it in front of them, um, especially with, you know, changing world of Star Wars over the next year or two. Yeah, I think I heard something about that. Did you, Rachel? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and actually, that that actually leads to the next question: is the obvious is you know you're going to follow the uh, the last appearance at at uh, Saint uh, what was it Saint Salt Lake City Salt Lake. Um, yeah. The operation. What else is going to be on on the bio? Um, the next thing, well, the next thing that's on the docket, there'll definitely be a few conventions at the tail end of uh, recovery because the real goal and. Um, I think you guys are the first first people to actually hear this, but um, from, from Peter's mouth himself, mm-hmm. the the thing that he wants more than anything else is to be at be at. Oh, it's still with me. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have so many BPN. Uh, to be at at a major convention um, like celebration and be able to sit, walk up the stairs to the stage and stand on his own in the middle of the stage with a mic and a dress everyone like that's his goal by the end of this year so oh my gosh i would be so excited to see that peter so we're we're following to dallas comic con i think is the next one in october and by then he'll be a couple weeks recovered but um i think it'll actually be a couple months before we see him back on his feet and walking on his own you know actually you just painted the perfect picture i mean we all we know (laughs) celebration is literally months before episode seven comes out imagine He's there on stage, George Lucas and JJ and everybody introduce him and he walks and he, I, I just imagine the sound, the people going crazy. That, that would be the perfect place to do it. They're going to hear Anaheim all the way in Detroit. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Start doing the slow clap. <laughs> yeah. Well, we are all rooting for him um, 110% and we cannot wait to actually see that happen because I, I know it will. So yeah. make sure make sure you tell him that we all uh, we all support him. Yeah, so that means all of you get involved in the kicks. We have it on our link section. You guys can go in there. Like I said, three days left, but you can you know give whatever. Um, yeah, go ahead. Ryan. Additionally, over the next couple of days, we're adding a bunch more stuff. We had a few great artists from uh, Lucasfilm come on board, and they're donating some stuff. Like we've got cat bags bringing some stuff in. A few people locally are, are adding some things, and his uh, his daughter's also going to be adding a piece tomorrow so even though we're coming down to the last bit we're gonna finish out strong and try and get it to as many people as humanly possible and then um afterwards we'll shift it to a website where uh people can still look at the documentary if they'd like to i think ryan's secretly a jedi every, every question i'm about to ask you answer it before yeah. i ask 
<laughs> so I was about to ask you what it would, you know, what what do the backers get for for supporting supporting the film? But you just mentioned. Well, I mean, there's a ton of, of stuff. Uh, we've got a lot of artists on board. We just actually had a really awesome piece added by a, a guy who does spray paint like character art, um, and it's going to be phenomenal. I think we just put it up on the site. I haven't done the update yet, but um, again. Katie's, Katie's adding something, his daughter, and um, we've had Mark McKaylee added some things. Um, we actually just had one come free, so if anyone, we had 50 of them, and they sold out literally in less than two days. Um, it's been really amazing to see the artist support and some of the stuff that Peter's even allowed us to bring out of his collection and put on the site. But in addition to that, we're doing, obviously, the documentary and digital copies, DVDs, signed. And my favorite one is we're doing a handprint of Peter. And I don't know how many people who have, have walked up and held their hands up against Peter's to see how massive it is, but we're doing an, uh, an imprint of a hand, like plaque and, and, uh, and framed to like walls mountable, and it's, it's going to be sick. That's amazing. You just got Rachel to donate yeah. three times over. <laughs> Um, now I was going to say the million dollar question, but I guess actually the $56,000 question is once it's completed, where are we going to see the documentary? Um, well, that's, that's one that we're, we're still working through because it really depends on where we end up at the end of the project. Uh, the obvious things are obviously everyone who's involved with the project will get it, but then we're looking at distribution in a few different ways. Um, I can't give up the juicy details on that one, but suffice to say that there are a couple of very large platforms that are looking at potentially uh, taking a, a gander at the Peter Mayhew story as we get to the end here. Yeah, I mean, like you said, you know, with Star Wars, you know, evolving into what what it more than what it was before. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of interest in this once it's done. So again, it's it's Ryan Ziegler. He's the director, standing in the stars, the Peter Mayhew story. It's a Kickstarter project. Three days to go as we record this. You guys can still get involved. Go on our link section. It's all on there for you. Uh, all, everything is on there. You can get. You can see the trailer. Um, Ryan is there with with the Mayhew family now. Yeah, from all of us and all the listeners, I'm sure I speak for them when I say you know wish tell from from all of us we wish him the best and we can't wait to see him get up and roar once again in front of the um, celebration crowd. Yes. Last thing, if anyone wants to send photos, images, uh, videos, anything, get wells, every single word from anyone helps. Peter loves to see the support, and it's been really helping him through. So um, if you go onto the Kickstarter, there's an email there, too. You guys can send uh, uh, get well stuff, too. Ooh, very cool. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm sure you're going to get flooded with stuff now. So again, Ryan, thanks a lot for coming on. Wish you nothing but success. Welcome back anytime to give us an update, and hopefully we'll get to see it pretty soon. Absolutely. Thank you guys for taking the time. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. Bye. This is the Geek Speak Show Book Club. Sci-fi, fantasy, horror, graphic novels, biographies. You'll hear them here on the Geek Speak Show Book Club. Yes, you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's wrong with me? No, you will hear it here on the book club, and here we go. Who wants to go first this time? I don't want to go. Oh, actually, oh, I don't care. since you went and searched your Batcave and your secret... Stash, what'd you get? What'd you come up with, Rachel? Um, okay, so I came up with one of my favorites, actually. Um, so I know you guys know this, but listeners probably don't. My favorite anime ever is Fushigi Yugi, which is the mysterious play. Hey, watch your mouth over there. <laughs> I know it's 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 a good sounding word, um, but it's it's actually created by Yui Watase, and she has a book that is the art of Fushigi Yugi, and it's. Um, it's got d different anime forms, but uh, but a lot of manga as well. And 
it's gorgeous. It's one of the most beautifully done art uh, for for an, an anime style um, that I've ever seen. And it's a collection of all of these gorgeous pieces that are like sometimes a whole page, sometimes two pages. Um, and it's it's just beautiful. So if you like anything like that, if you are an artist, if you're looking for inspiration of any kind, this book is amazing to have on the shelf just to flip through every once in a while. Um, you can get it in hardcover too, which is kind of cool because, you know, it's all artsy. Um, but it is just called The Art of Fushigi Yugi and it's Yui Watase and it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. And your poster is? Mm. My book poster. is uh, it's equally gorgeous too. <laughs> Um, since it's back to school That's season. your sweater, and, your book. Uh, you like my sweater, huh? <laughs> since it's back to school <laughs> season, I want to like, you know, help you guys if you're in high school or college and you're studying the Odyssey. The Cliff Notes. <laughs> yeah. Well not not even the Cliff Notes version. This is actually the illustrated version adapted by Seymour Quast. And this one actually takes the story of Homer. I mean, wait, not Homer. It <laughs> takes Homer's story wow. of Odysseus <laughs> coming back from the Trojan War all the way back to Ithaca. But instead of being on Earth, this kind of takes place somewhere like in the stars. And it has like this like futuristic feel to it. it has a long also, time ago in a galaxy far, far yeah, away. I know. That's where he's like going. That. But then, you know, all these like uh, stories like Star Wars, um, I don't know, uh, any, any of those, like even the Bible even kind of takes a little bit from the Odyssey and has like... Wow, a- wait, wait. So so this has Star Wars and the Bible. Well, the Odyssey, and- the Odyssey kind of laid the, <laughs> the, the like the uh, the uh, the groundwork and the blueprints of... It's a very Joe of, book. It's all over the place. Yeah. I kind of feel like we have to look at this now. And Cyclops is in it too, so... <laughs> Anyways, he's just making that up. Yeah, the Cyclops <laughs> is in the Odyssey, and uh, pretty much the story of the Odyssey. Since uh, if, if you guys are familiar with it, is if you're gonna come back home and you're gonna suffer and you're gonna take your time and you can go through all these like trials and tribulations, you have to suffer magnificently, and that's what Odysseus does in the Odyssey. And he comes home to his wife Penelope, who's been loyal to him all these years, even though that many players have been hollering at her. Wow. So. And then we also brought in the ghetto. Yeah. And then he gets a little <laughs> ghetto. Ebonics, gets a little ghetto. ghetto at the end. There's a drive by shooting and then <laughs> <laughs> drive by so bow and arrow. A little bit of some, everything. Some forties are poured on the floor and then <laughs> the end. They actually and then at the end they actually uh, Penelope This was and, for my homers. Yeah. Penelope and Odysseus get, get into their spaceship and they go right to space. But in this version of it, not the Homer's version, but in the adapted oh. version by Seymour Quest. Okay, how am I going to follow that one up now? I know, I don't think you can now. <laughs> I don't know. No, uh, because, you know, we just talked to the, the I was going to call him Jim Lee. We just talked to Joe about the Jim Lee appearance at, at on, on on a Saturday. I picked, and I picked something like this, uh, I don't remember if it was this year or last year, the, the Marvel Vault. This is called the DC Vault. Pretty big. It's pretty pretty cool, actually. It comes, That's I was huge. playing with it right before we started. It comes with a Batman what? mask. A lot of memos from some Wait, of the storylines that were there. What can you can you put up a picture of what this mask looks like online for everyone to see? <laughs> it looks like the cowl. See, look. But then you gotta. Yes, yes. We need to do the voice. Wait, wait, the camera's on me though. Get the camera over <laughs> here. I just showed you this city. Oh my god, Thank Batman's you. in the office. Batman Christian Bale do that for three movies. <laughs> no, but it's called the DC Vault. It's pretty good. Um, pretty interesting, actually. It's by, Mar- by Martin Pascoe with a forward by Paul Levitz, who was then in charge of DC. Now, obviously, it's Jim Lee, who, you, who those of you who are going will see him at Flying Colors. 
This one has it's actually when you when you open it right up, there's a pretty. I'm not even sure who did it, but it's a pretty cool drawing. Joel, you can look at it here. That is the a Bat Cave. Cool drawing. Very detailed. It's got Batmobiles. Got the Joker. Got all kinds of stuff in there. Batman and Robin looking it over. Um, and it just gets better after that. And it starts from the the very very beginnings of DC Comics, even before Superman, Batman goes through the war years when Superman and Batman and everything was invented to all the way today. Doesn't it doesn't quite cover the, the new Fifty Two. Uh, I think there should be a new issue now, a new reissue with uh, the New 52 stuff. But it's pretty interesting if you want to know about the history of DC Comics. Uh, it's all there for you. Like I said, it, it includes some uh, some buttons, some memos that mask uh, some promotional stuff that DC gave out way back when. And it is called, again, the DC Vault. So that's my pick for the book club. Now! I think you topped it. I think you topped me. Let's call it a show. Before we do, one more time, let's remind everybody a couple of things. One... Three days left as we record this, but get behind Peter Mayhew. Yeah, I know you yes. got to kind of look. You can't really look over him. You got to look around him. But he just had the the surgery. He, um, according to the Ryan, he's doing okay. Uh, and we we want you. You all want to be there. I know Rachel's going to be there. We're all going to be there. We want to see him stand up again at celebration. So yes. get in there to support him. Uh, help him out with whatever you can. We will be. I mean, look at all the fun that uh, that, that he gave us, all the all those roars and everything that he gave stand, us back then. Stand, Chewy, stand. <laughs> so that get involved in that. The other thing is, like I just mentioned, don't forget tonight, Wednesday tonight, Gene Yang is going to be at Flying Colors, five p.m. for his new for for Boxes and Santa's new two two novel graphic novel. Uh, you can get it there, of course. He'll sign it for you, say hello, take some pictures with you. And on Saturday, starting at eleven o'clock, Jim Lee. At Flying Colors to celebrate, uh, keep continue the, the celebration of uh, the 25th anniversary of Flying Colors comics and other cool stuff. The cool stuff for Saturday will be Jim Lee there. And don't forget, those of you, it is sold out. Those of you who, who got your tickets, get there early because we will do an exclusive interview, video interview with Jim Lee, Joe Field. Yeah. You guys will get to see it on our YouTube page after that. But you all of you, the rest of you will be there and you might even get to ask him some questions. I understand there's a little controversy with uh, the Batwoman comic. He might be able to answer some of that. Ooh, yeah, we'll talk about Uh-oh. that. Jim Lee said, yeah, go ahead, throw it at me. So we'll talk about that if you want to ask him. Um, what else? For next week, um, I'm not sure who's going to come on, but in a couple of weeks, we will talk Heroes of Cosplay with Yaya Han. She she was in Germany, actually, when she called me, and she said she'd love to come on, and there's a little bit of controversy there. It's trying to be a controversial show here, but it's going to be a little controversy there. She'll address <laughs> it. You guys don't know what I'm talking about, who we're talking about. Um, I might get a special guest to come on with her. That's all I'll say. Those of you who watch the shows, I think you know who it is, who I'm talking about. So that's all coming up, as we say every week. Shut up, Joel. And also, come on back next week, and we'll speak and more speak geek. speak more geek. <laughs> speak more geek. <laughs> Henry and the gang will return next week with an all-new episode. The Geek Speak show is powered by GeekTyrant.com, MightyBill.com, Ramasscreen.com, ZergNet.com, and Collider.com. Make sure you're subscribed on iTunes. Follow them on Twitter at GeekSpeakShow1. Become a fan on Facebook and watch event coverage on YouTube slash GeekSpeak videos. See you next week. Cheerio. The GeekSpeak Show.